Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs. Hello and welcome along to episode 111 of the Talking Dogs on Thursday podcast with myself, Barry Drake. Uh, this week we're going to speak with a man who has a couple of decades, I suppose, of um, experience in the in the racing game and that's a Cork man um, called Noel Holland. So Noel, firstly, hello to you and um, thanks for joining us on the podcast. You're welcome, Barry. Delighted to be on. As I said, um, a man, of course, with uh, plenty of experience in, in the sport, uh, a couple of decades. I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll tell our listeners uh, much more over the course of the next uh, 15 minutes or so. But, you know, firstly, um, you know, just tell us a, a bit about yourself and take us back, I suppose, to, to the very start, Noel. Well, Barry, I suppose, first of all, my father had dogs in the 1927 stud book. So that's a long time ago. But um, we always had hunts ran dogs in Cock and Yall, ran course and dogs. So some, as soon as I could, I suppose, walk in that, I was involved in greyhounds, galloping dogs, walking dogs, you know. We'd, there, was, there was never a time when I couldn't remember a, a greyhound in the kennel, to be honest with you. So we just, you know, just, just part of the, our life. Yeah, very good, Nolan. Take us back maybe, you know, to those earlier days. Obviously, look, you know, there's been, you know, so many changes over the years. But, you know, greyhound racing back then, was it very popular? Oh, it was. See, Barry, that time, Borden Gun, you advertised greyhound as the only after-eight sport. And it was the only after-eight sport. Now you have rugby, GA, soccer, the whole lot. So in actual fact, that time, you know, I remember, like, going back to the Western Road in the 60s and that like we used to have a thousand people every Saturday night maybe at 1200 you'd have maybe 600 on Monday four or five hundred on Wednesday you know but like it was very popular it was I suppose there was a lot of dogs around there was a good market for dogs fellas could sell dogs and that was the most important thing if your dog couldn't wasn't good enough in the track there was a market from in England so that was, that was that was a huge plus for fellas very good and I know from, from speaking to you I suppose off here um, over the last week or so you told me that you know you worked of course uh, for, for the board which is now called of course at Greyhound Race in Ireland for over 40 years 41 years Barry I was with him 40. well I wasn't with him for 41 years I started in Yall in 1968 and Yall was a private track like you know, at that stage and uh, I spent four years in Yall and I came to Cork in May 72 but I started in Europe in March 68 but actually in May 68 I was appointed judge which is a part time job in Cork so I was working five nights a week two in Europe and five, three in Cork that, that. I was actually made racing manager in 72 and I was made general manager in 97 and I was made a director in 98 so I retired in 2009 after 41 years yeah, that's um, that that that's sensational stuff, really. Forty-one years, but just take us back, I suppose. How it all how it all started in Yall for you? How did that come about? And obviously, look as you said, uh, greyhounds, you know, were, were part of the family, so it was something that you obviously really enjoyed. It was, but I tell you, Pat, my brother worked in Bordergon, and he'd have been involved actually with you know with Yall track and things like that. And he said to me that uh, there was a job going in Yall, and would have been interested in. I said I would. Like the only worry I had at the time was that it was 
I think 11 directors in y'all. Now, I didn't know at that stage, but I knew there was involved there. And, you know, sometimes you're going into a strange place and you'd have a kind of, you might have 11 bosses. I, I, yeah, I was kind of concerned about that. But I knew some of the people. I knew Dick Power. I knew John Spillane because we ran dogs in y'all and they were all nice people, you know. But I couldn't get over Barry when I went to y'all. Y'all was like a family, to be honest with you. The nicest people, Liam Clancy kind of took me under his wing. I was only 23 years of age. Liam was, I think he was born in 1900, he was 68, but he, I was more like a son to him than the racing manager. So we got on great together, and any problems I had, even with all the directors, like, all you have to do is phone somebody, they tell you, like, we're available. And there was 11 of them there, and, like, ah, oh, to, you know, to, 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 to never, they just let me get on with the job, to be honest with you. No one ever interfered, even though some of them had dogs, no one, no one ever really asked me for anything that they shouldn't have asked me for. So it was a privilege to be working on y'all for the four years, to be honest with you. Very good, and I, I know that, if, like, you know, there were different times, obviously, back then. I've heard of, you know, I suppose all of great stories about, you know, young lads that would um, head down to the track and parade dogs and, you know, pick up a couple of quid to bring home to their parents. That's right. Well, all tracks that time had six walkers. Oh, yeah, like, you had to give, the, the, the walker had to walk your dog, except the dog was nervous. And the control steward felt like that to be safer for the owners to walk the dog. But, like, that time we had six walkers. And I remember before I got involved, going to yard with my father in the train from Cork. We went down, we had no car that time, but we travelled by train to y'all. Walked down to train station and got on your train and went to y'all and after racing there was a train back. You know? That's fantastic. And just in terms before we move on, obviously, look at uh, four years that you really enjoyed in y'all. There must have been some good racing action as well o- over them couple of years. Oh, we had. And like I tell you, I, I, as I say, I, I made friends in y'all that I'd be very friendly with today, very good friends. And like y'all was, I remember like before big finals, first of all, we always had kind of good sponsors in y'all. I think Guinness sponsored in y'all they were the first track that Guinness ever sponsored y'all were because you had four publicans in y'all you know and I suppose it was a big help but like if there was a fine of the Guinness Black Warp and one or any big fine in y'all on a Friday night Jimmy Coleman and myself would head for Jimmy would be driving I'd be doing this and the man in the loudspeaker we'd be hoping heading for Lismore Capoquin Dungarvan promoting the thing you know like some director suggested that we do that or you know and there's no problem that was it that's the way like everybody was there to kind of help out and do what you can for the track yeah that that's that's brilliant and I suppose um, you know the likes of Finbar Coleman and you know Bertie Lupton um, you know two, two great men as well for you all Greyhound racing over the, over the last couple of decades for Cockins May 72 Finbar took over when I left in you all but I'd still be very friendly and Finbar then came to Cock the last couple of years to team up with me again, you know? But, like, was, uh, y'all was, like, y'all was, like, you had Don Massop, who was another great man there as well, the hair driver. Don was a terrific man to keep the show on the road, and he's a very good driver as well, but, uh, you you like, everybody in y'all, all the directors at some stage mucked in, you know? There's no, you were never felt isolated, you know? But, like, it was, uh, there was good racing. I remember just... <laughs> There was a bitch called East Park Star. She ran, no, there was very good at that time in the Guinness Blackwater to be like the kind of equivalent to the Lalton Cock. And she ran, I think, in the first or second heat of it. And she did heat it for third place. And they had an option herself, and I can't remember who did heat with her, that 
they could either toss or run again. So none of them agreed to toss, so they ran again, and she won the rerun after racing, ran two times, twice in the one night, by eight lengths. And she went on, actually, to win the Blackwater that year. She was a very good bitch, trained by Paddy O'Keefe from Street, who probably would have been the top trainer in Cork at the time, and won by a chap, Carly McCarthy from Bantry. But she was a real, she was probably one of the best I saw in all East Park star. Oh, no, no, unbelievable. That's, um, that's, that's quite a story. And moving on, I suppose, to, to, to the, the old Western Road. That must have been, um, you know, obviously when you got the, got the nod to go up there, that must have been, you know, a real highlight, I suppose, uh, for, for you and a proud moment, no doubt. It was. But the, 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 only thing, the only advantage I had like that, I was a judge there since May 68. So, I, you know, I wasn't kind of going in there all because, raw because, like, it was a big step up. I mean, Cork was a big business. There was big punting there and there was big crowds and things like that. But, you know, got on well with everybody there and obviously a different setup than y'all. But the trouble is that um, ground racing was kind of good in the, in, the, in the 70s as well. You know, I mean, there was plenty of dogs there. We were never short of dogs. And, you know, good help there. And, you know, I enjoyed my time in Cork. But, like, we had sales in Cork. Kind of, a, you know, completely different setup. But, you just had to adjust to it. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, obviously, look, um, people still, you know, talk about the um, old Western Road. Obviously, look, it, it was before my time, but it must have been a real special place. But, well, see, by the Western Road, like, what people didn't realise, like, the circuit was 4.45. So it was 80 yards from the 5 to 5 box to the finishing line. And we often at 5.50, so you're adding another 25 yards onto that. And you're still short to the bend. You're still short maybe 5 or 10 yards. Like, there's a huge run to the first men in the cock. And very good early-paced dogs, like Knockross Slave now, 10-yard Heather, like, dogs were top early. They had a huge advantage. Now, it was a tight track, but, like, if a fella got a clear run up and a very, very good early, like, he he'd certainly would be leading. Yeah, I have, yeah. And um, there must have been so many, I suppose, highlights and so many great memories over your time at the uh, Old Western Road, um, Noel. You know, I, I, I saw my first lull there in 1953, Temple Low Ramble. And actually, the man that won it was Frank O'Regan. He was scout in Cashel, but he was originally from Dunmanway. And he, he ran dags after in my time in Cock and Yarl. He's a lovely man, you know, such as, you know. But, like, I, I remember Spanish battleship running in Cock. Like, he was the he was the Christine Ring of Greyhounds in 1955. He had won three Greyhound Derbies, Irish Greyhound Derbies. And he came to Cork. He won the Laurels, but he was actually second. He was second in 53, my first year there, seeing it. And in 55, he won it, so he had a long career. But, you know, I remember when it was 500 yards then in 1961, Frank O'Brien from... Klein won it. That was the first time it was run over five, five, five to five. And like uh, I remember, it was Charlie High, Silent Heart, won it in 1974. That was a huge, he got a huge reception. And then, of course, you go on to the, the 70s, and Dennis Lynch won three in a row, Knockout Girl, Knockout Slave, and Knockout Slave twice, you know. It, they must have been, you know, obviously, look, um, in, in Cork to have local success is, is always, you know, a, a night to remember. And for, for, for the Lynch family to win three in a row, that must have been something really, really special. The thing is that, uh, like, uh, if you have kind of, if you're lucky enough to get maybe two or three local dogs in a big file, that's a huge advantage. And that time, most of the owners trained their own dogs. Like 
now you will have a couple of dogs in the final, English-owned, trained by maybe a cockman or maybe someone else, but you wouldn't have the same. You might have just a couple of people. But, I mean, I remember when Dennis Lynch was running Knockroar, slaves and them, like, girl, you'd have a big troll from mid-cock in, you know? To, to, there was a, the buzz, you just, you, you'd have to be there, actually, to, to get the buzz, you know? To spend so 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 long in in, in an industry in this in this sport, um, you know, it's not too many people can say that they were you know worked in 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 something for forty one years. So it's obviously something that you love doing every day. I did. I said I I I I'd never tire of looking at dogs running. To be honest with you, because between three nights in Cork and two in York, starting off, and then trials. I mean, I remember one day in Cork, I know it was a morning after and a night, but we tried. 497 dogs that are trying but that time trials you stop in November and you try that after the course in Clamell which would be the first week normally in February but like you'd have a big build up but it's still a lot of dogs to get through in one day you know yeah exactly that must be must have been quite tiring but <laughs> yeah and obviously look you've met some great characters as well over the years that's right ah yeah like sure the general John Buckley he wanted Dollars with Dublin Ali. That was my first year in 1972. Now, she was only very moderate. She went down to the the following Tuesday and she didn't qualify in the Southern Sprint, but she won the Dollars, you know. John McKenna was a great trainer, you know. I mean, there was, ah, just too many there, to be, to be honest with you, you know. But I know. It's just, it was, you know, a good friend of mine won the first Laurels in 2000, Barefoot Fridge, Brian Murphy. Brian is based now in the Cayman, but he went to school with me in Sullivan's Key, and like you know, glad to see him winning that, and you know. And of course, he's tasted success as well since. Oh yeah, sure. He's won the English Derby. He's won the Irish Derby. He's won everything, you know. But he, Brian was a real greyhound man. I mean, you know, he's just fell out of his country because they had a couple of pounds in that. Brian used to go coursing with boys' class, open coursing back in the day when he was school by like myself, you know. And we saw. I mean, he was. It was great to see him winning something like that but I know that's down through the years we had great like kind of G, a lot of GEA men involved because GEA and Greyhound race not very associated I think you know you know, without a doubt, and of course, look, you would have had some massive fundraisers as well over the years so always you know they were an, an important thing for clubs I remember in 2007 we had 32 32 fundraisers and I think 14 of them were for GA clubs and like in that year alone, like you talked about fundraisers, we bet 5.7 million into the tour in Cork. Because, like, on a Saturday night, we do maybe 60,000 into the tour. We do 45 from Colleen Park and 15 into Shelburne because people come to bet into the Cork to see very good racing. Also, bet into the forecast in Shelburne to the jackpot. But, like, all of those people, I remember, like, the biggest one I can remember was in 2003. Um, Nazareth House in Mallow had a benefit night but I would put this down out to Barry Golan Barry was a fantastic organiser we made I think just about over 70,000 on one night phenomenal money and I suppose that's probably something Noel obviously look over the, the, the last number of years um, you know benefit nights there's no no doubt they, 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 they've dropped I, I was delighted to see you know at a couple of tracks recently in Escarty and Clamell they've had numerous benefit nights but I, I'm sure it's something that maybe you've probably been disappointed with in, in recent times you know clubs have I suppose come under pressure uh, by you know let's, let's just say that they, they wouldn't be fans of the sport but um, do, do you think it's, it, it's time 
time, you know, that um, certain groups, um, as in certain um, local sporting groups, just stand up and, and get on with it because they've been, you know, such important fundraisers over the year and it's a great opportunity for clubs to come out and make money. We should be proud of this great sport. That's right. I mean, every year we'd have Marymount, we'd have one for Corp. And, like, you'd have, you'd have one for, a huge one for St. George's Foundation in Charleville. And, I mean, you know, it was getting new people to come to the track. There was new people coming, they were betting on the tour. And hopefully some of them will come back again. And I suppose in 2007, times were better that time. That was before really the, the 2009 kind of slowdown, you know. But, I mean, I, I think that it's a, great, it's a great sport. We have a vet, we have everything in place. No dog would run except he was 100%. I mean, I, I don't think why, I, I can't see why people would, would, wouldn't be afraid to come along and look for a benefit knife. And I mean, they're, they're all worthy causes. That's exactly it. And look, as I say, we've seen a couple of really good ones as well in Curraheen Park over the, the course of the last couple of weeks and uh, we're always more than happy to support. And just in terms of, you know, kind of before we finish up, the big um, switch from the old Western Road to Curraheen Park, that must have been a really big deal. Um, it's obviously around 20 years ago, I would imagine. It was 2008 was the first meeting we had in, the Western, in Curraheen Park. But like, we were very lucky in Curraheen Park I have never seen the circuit as good as it, to be honest with you. And I've seen a good couple of circuits in America and Australia and England. I haven't seen a circuit as good as it. I mean, it's kind of more or less trouble-free. I know now seeding has improved that an awful lot. And the Western Road, knock Road Slave, one older trap one. He ran older trap six laurels. But he was an exceptional dog, probably the best dog I ever saw. But like in the Western Road, in Corrine Park, you have insides, you have middle, and you have wide. But it's a fantastic circuit. But, like, there was a lot of planning went into that. You know, I mean, I don't know why when you're going to a, a kind of a, a greenfield site that you can't do, you can, they can't do a circuit like something similar to Corrine Park, you know? Because it's, it, 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 they, they got a right, to be honest with you. I think they got a right on you. And it's very, very clear racing. Very good racing. Very seldom you see dogs getting bumped up board or knocked over, you know. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Um, definitely, Noel. And just in terms of, you know, obviously since you've retired, do you still keep a close eye in, in, in what's going on? I, I, I look at the results every day, to be honest with you. And I know most of the results <laughs> to be winning, you know. And I look at, I look at, uh, yeah, if I didn't go to the track, I'd look at uh, the recording the next day from Shelburne Cock, you know. So you'd always be, you'd always, you'd to, when you're something involved for 41 years, it's very hard to, you know. Yeah, and of course, technolo- technology has come a long way over the years. A lot of my nephews would still have greyhounds. Members of my family would have still greyhounds, you know. So the whole thing is that I, it's very hard to, I'd have a huge interest to be in sport now in general. And especially in GA, but the trouble is that and any sport, but greyhound racing would still be my <laughs> half of my agenda. You know, there's no getting away from it. No, it's very hard. No, look, we've I think we've um, uh, got through a lot there, and all. Obviously, look, I, I'm sure I, I I could be talking to you for the next couple of hours with with all that. Um, I suppose uh, experiences. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Ah, uh, no, 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 no. It, it's you know, like all I can say is like I did, as I say, 41 years and greyhound people are the salt of the earth to be honest with you like I've never I don't think there was hardly anybody ever fell out with in the business and you know you can only have one winner so the six five fellas kind of going on half disappointed but they come back you know exactly look I suppose look the, the good thing about greyhound racing um, there's always the next race 
There is, there is. And like the whole thing is, I know that I, as I say, fellas are very, fellas, fellas were, I found fellas very reasonable. Once you're reasonable and straight with fellas and, you know, they're getting a fair shake, you're not favouring anyone, you get on fine. Yeah, well, look, um, Noel, it was absolutely um, fantastic speaking with you. Um, great that uh, you, you joined us on the podcast. And uh, as I said, I know you're known far and wide, so um, I'm sure this uh, it'll go down very well, like all previous podcasts. So thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. You're very welcome, Barry. Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs.